I had my own little run-in with ABAC. I was literally, I was hoping you would say this because this is my segue today. And welcome to episode 432 of Brews News Week, recorded live from room 106 of the Synergy Apartment Complex in Broadbeach on Thursday, the 24th of August, 2023. I'm Matt Kirkegaard, editor of Brews News, and I'm joined by industry consultant-ish gen- <laughs> and general manager, Sabrina Kunz, and without Ian Watson. And uh, we are recording this. It's it, it's going to, not, not loose, but it's going to be a little bit... Um, unstructured because we're doing this the morning after the Brucon closed and also the morning after the Indies. I'm 100%, Sabrina, not so much. She's had a very, very busy couple of days. Oh, I have had a absolutely banger of a couple of days, Matt. I have really loved every moment and as you may hear from my voice, I've made the most of every moment. A lot of conversation. Well, then I should say I've also just come off three days of Indies and of Brucon and nine days of exhibition. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it, it's it's been a big time. But you know, again, we're both tired, um, but I think we're both very energised. It's fair to say. Yeah, and I and I don't think we're as tired as the uh, team from the IBA. So I think there's always a uh, there's always a sliding scale there. But I think you know, energised. It was just such a great few days to spend time with people and to talk to them in person, and so many people. And the vibe, the overwhelming vibe of BrewCon was sort of real positivity. Um, and Which is interesting given the times. You know, a lot of people are talking about how tough it is. But at the same time, and, you know, let's start by talking about BrewCon because we've just had the yep. two days of the Independent Brewing Association, Independent Brewers Association Conference. And, you know, I, I was at CBC in Nashville in May. Yep came away it was nice everyone was together but there was a note of gloom um you know talking about the the realities of no market growth and looking at it the independent brewers association conference kicked off with an excellent presentation by bernard salt demographer mr smashed avocado is ruining the economy um or or, or meaning is it's the reason young people can't uh, buy houses um but he gave a an hour speech that identified the challenges that everyone knows that they're facing, but gave a very, very powerful motivational speech about the opportunities that changing demographic trends are presenting, especially craft brewers. And I think that was the tone that really set up the whole of the conference as, 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 as a really positive experience in a tough time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was preceded by um, the opening from Rich Watkins, which was also framed in that here's what we need to do next. Here's Mm. sort of where we're going. And and I think those two things together, Bernard's was, you know, you left there and everybody was talking about just the clarity of the data, but the linkages essentially um, Bernard's argument was – um, craft beer is strategically positioned within where Australia needs to go um, in terms of linking agri- agriculture and manufacturing throughout Australia in locations that support Australia's lifestyle and values. So there's a very strong political argument to government yep. about why the industry should be 
nurtured and supported yep. um, for jobs and you know agriculture, but then also the 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 lifestyle choices that Australians are making, the aspirational um, and lifestyle choices, craft beer plays into that as well, or, and or independent beer can tell the story that makes it the badge that people want to show. Absolutely. And it was just, it was such a positive framing. It's such a difficult, you know, as you, as you rightly noted, Matt, lots of people have sort of, um, you know, finding the business of it tough, but I did a series of, um, you know, talked to a lot of people, did some, did some interviews for the IBA and, and overwhelmingly, it sort of felt like people needed to come together and realize they weren't alone and realise that there are still these opportunities out there if we just think a bit differently, look a bit differently, you know, the, those opportunities exist and, and people were sort of, it, it sort of felt like uh, Kylie Lethbridge from the IBA described it as sort of having to shake it off a little bit, shake yes, off the yep. pessimism. And, 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 and so the vibe at BrewCon, I, I mean, Matt, you were making fun of me walking into the opening night on Monday you night. You were the Energizer Bunny. It I was, was just the, the – no, it wasn't nervous energy, just the positive energy. Anyone that's heard Sabrina on the podcast will know um, her vibe, but it was <laughs> – it was speaking at double pace, walking at double pace, just literally bouncing at the energy that was being picked up. Yeah, because I just wanted to get there and hang with everybody and it didn't disappoint, right? Mm. The number of conversations with people and 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 the sort of remembering the camaraderie of the industry and remembering the, the positivity of it. It was just, uh, I loved all of it. I loved, I, I just loved all of it. It was so fabulous. Um, and, and I think, substantively so there was positive vibes which i think is um at a time when businesses are individually doing it tough and we're sort of grappling with the future uh, and, and we can come back to um hashtag beer australia funnily enough i was actually going to segue straight into that so we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that so bernard salt um and anyone who's a member of the independent brewers association will be able to download these presentations highly recommend you listen to that yeah um particularly if you're wondering where the product that you make in this industry fits into a broader Australian context, brilliant. But the vibe that you were describing, um, I'm going to segue into Bruce News presented a panel on Beer Australia, which is a thought bubble that we've been putting up a little bit about a category play as beer is increasingly challenged by spirits, RTDs, seltzers, wine as Australia's national drink. Um to see the way that our industry came together and the energy that came from people coming together, to my way of thinking, that is the value of beer. You know, beer brings people together. Um, or, and what we have experienced over the last few days with the IBA, of the, of the beer industry coming together, is something that beer can do for the broader economy. Mm -hmm. um, and it... it I've been musing for, for, for some time about, um, you know, the the anti-alcohol anti movement, the, the, the supposed Gen Z aren't drinking anymore and things. And, you know, I, I wonder whether the rise in feelings of disconnectedness, the rise of anxiety, um, in, you know, just general, in particularly amongst younger people, is because the lack of, you know, we don't have a beer together anymore. Yeah. 
and, 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 and you know, sure, you can have a wine, you can have a spirit, but there is just something that beer has always captured. It is that great democratizing drink um, that, you know, wine, there is still a huge difference between an entry-level wine and an $80 bottle of wine um, that, that, that marks people out. But the difference in price between, you know, a, a macro beer and a craft beer is very, very little. And it's still very, very democratic, but it brings people together and that moderate alcohol that beer carries compared to other spirits we're not allowed to put this on our labeling we're not allowed to put this on our marketing but beer does facilitate social interaction well that's what the category play for me is sort of all about i thought you know there were a few sort of uh, what i love about it is um you know I, i spent a lot of time thinking about beer from the outside so i'm not in in the trenches i'm not making it i spent a lot of time sort of mulling on the edges but I came away from the conference with sort of two or three new phrases or words that really connect some dots for me and Karina made uh Karina from Prancing Pony asked a really good question uh in one of the panels uh, about you know essentially that 18, 19, 20-year-olds have missed that going to the pub, mm. that yes. group where yes. they're not connecting and ha- and how do we reach them and and would beer as- – oh, it must have been beer, beer, beer Australia. Australia yeah. Would beer Australia sort of be addressing this sort of category play for beer? And to me it was that piece that said we haven't told that story well enough, supported by good data or, or um, the types of analogies that Bernard Salt was able to draw through some some good work about what beer can do for the community in a positive way. And so I really sort of drew on a few dots there and I went, that's going to be a critical piece of that Beer Australia story. Um, but it, it it was really lovely to hear, again, as part of the interviews I did, everybody talked about connectedness, why they loved the industry and why and they were talking about connectedness with each other being there but also connected to their communities and then um rich watkins had the piece at the end of beer australia where he sort of said to the room you know can you give us a round of or maybe you did it <laughs> can you give us a round of applause and and let us know whether yeah, i'm gonna claim that one yeah you claim that <laughs> one um, whether you want to get behind something like this because as you say this is sort of a nebulous topic that is being discussed there's no um, nobody owns it. Nobody's in charge of it. This is a de- it's a d- democratic. It's it's a nebulous idea for the industry that people are putting forward to sort of say how do we do this? Um, should we do this? Do we think it's important? And it was really lovely to sort of see the support for it and the conversations mm. going because and it transcended. You know, what one of the catchphrases that that, that came out that just organically grew in the, in the discussions was because. A category play that involves beer has to involve the big brewers because they still make a huge part of the beer. And that automatically unsettles people who are indie. Yep. Because, well, how do we work with them when we want to fight with them? And the the, the, the idea that drops out of that is if people aren't drinking beer, independence doesn't matter. Yeah. Independent beer doesn't matter. We need yep. people drinking beer first and then we can argue about independence. Yeah. And... You know, there, there is a lot that unites all brewers before we get to the stage of independence. And I think we're in, you know, mature enough. We, we've recently seen 
the chair of the Brewers Association. US um, Brewers Association. No, no, the Australia's oh, Brewers okay, Association, uh, um, Tim Cooper, get up in Parliament and criticise the other two members of his club yeah. um, and do that you know, as an, as an individual member. And I think independent brewers can also work on the, on the important messaging around the positive aspects of beer and then still say, but we don't like what you're doing in taps and we don't like what you're doing here because there isn't too much else that is in, that, that brings us into conflict other than those, some of those business practices. I think it's a really positive sign about the level of maturity where the industry, where the craft industry is at, that we can have, um, you know, we can walk and chew gum. You know, we can say, and I'll come back to my, you know, uh, elbow quote that was, um, you know, uh, work together where we can um, disagree on things, but disagree where we must. Mm. And and it's that piece that's sort of like, we can do all the things, right? This is business. This is, we're in a business. It's big business when you look at it um, and uh, across the whole of Australia and we can agree on some things and work together where we are. Strategic partnerships happen all the time for the betterment of everyone and then disagree on the other things and that's, you know, everybody does that. So I, I just think it's a really positive, positive sign that um, craft beer and craft beer brewery owners across Australia are saying we're getting in, fi- in the fight. Mm. And I would sort of say that was my sort of third thing that came out of a lot of the discussions that I was seeing. Um, Bob from the US Bob Bre- Pease, yep. Bob Pease from the US Brewers Association made this point. Uh, Rich made this point. It came up in various other places, but it was really this piece of saying everybody in the room at BrewCon, everybody uh, who is out there listening, you are part of the solution. Mm. <laughs> this is not like five people in a room solving anything. This is not sort of the IBA as some nebulous organisation sitting there. It's a member organisation. It takes every one of us getting involved in some way, be it advocating to your local MP. Bob talked about how much work is being done at an individual brewery level on an advocacy basis in the US. Um, you know, we talked about clusters and working together. There were discussions around, you know, mental health. And it all comes back to as a collective, what was the quote? As a collective, we're heavy. Um, dogfish head. Uh, it, was, it was something along those that, that was the gist of it. Yeah. yeah. So as a collective, you know, we're sort of this unstoppable force. Mm. And so, and I think Bob made that really clear. I think Bernard Salt made that we clear. We have a nationwide membership in almost every electorate in Australia. It's powerful and it's popular. It's powerful, it's popular, and we can do it. We're at that level of maturity now where we're saying, yeah, we, we, we can do it. And so I just, I don't know, I, I'm tired, but. Yeah, I was really worried that our energy was going to be low because we've just had coffee um, yeah. and a catch-up and it was very tired people. And yeah. now, but again, recounting the energy in the room is just, a, a, I think, I feel that it's coming across. Hopefully the, the listeners do as well. The one other thing I'm going to throw in and, and hopefully not bring it down is in terms of the grand unifying themes – Bernard Salt gave so much about why the industry is powerful in lobbying government. Um, 
there was a lot of talk about Beer Australia and the need to do that and the, 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 the strength that we have in doing that. The other panel I had, Michael Lavarch um, from yeah. ABAC, um, and it was I, I was very worried that it was an eat your vegetables. Um, you know, you need to eat your vegetables. Um, it was sobering. Talk. It, it was so, but then again, that's where I think this does unify because if the industry is constantly defending itself against bad behaviour and trying to justify its existence, it makes it very very hard to lobby positively for money you know when um and and that was the other thing that came out of bernard salt's talk is that there was a really interesting graph about after the first and second world war um there were big changes in politics you know the two-party system yeah. suddenly became um you know what, what we would now call independence there were third parties um and and major shifts um, where i think almost 30 percent of votes weren't for the two major parties and we're in that again with teal independence um, and next election is going to see even more non-aligned politicians join and these are politicians that the, the teals are already anti-junk food labeling or anti-junk food advertising um, and alcohol is very much on their radar and I'm not going to bring it up again in, in, in a meaningful way but hard solo has very much crystallized the debate around alcohol and the teal independents are very, very open to hearing the health law because it's now become a health issue. And the, the, the point that Bernard Salt made is that when whoever is in parliament, whoever is in government, whether it's liberal or labor, relies on the votes of the teals for their major platform, the, the, the major, whether it's budgetary moves or, you know, yeah. major um, structural reforms, the things that the Teal Independents are going to negotiate on are the issues that win their heartland, and that is junk food, and it is alcohol. And the government will throw the alcohol industry under the bus if it will give them the significant wins yeah. in, 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 economy, in, in the economy. So... If we are going to have a strong lobbying voice for government, which clearly we can have, but we're constantly giving a reason for alcohol to look bad, we're actually shooting ourselves in the foot, um, and and that's where ABAC and the, and and you know I, I've actually recently seen uh, CUB double down on hard solo, just defending it. Um, it's going on tap apparently. So yeah. we're going to see how, which is probably the least bad, you know, hard solo in a licensed venue is very different to hard solo in a bottle shop or in, 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 in package. But, you know, it, it just reinforces for me the need for the industry to show its best face all of the time um, in promoting healthy alcohol so we can actually get government support to take the industry further. Yeah, and I think that's a sign of the, you know, again, you know, the sign of the times of where we're at as a, as a maturing bo industry as a, as a total, right? And to take it sort of beyond ABAC, which I think is one that is, it, it really is very complex. And even in his presentation, 
uh, Michael Lavarch was was sort of able to say, look, we think about these things in assessing uh, um, an issue, um, but there's no sort of checklist. There's mm. no way it is sort of looking at the totality of a problem, which means for individual marketers, it, it's such a challenge. Actually, I think it was Michael Lavarch that, you know, who's a former federal attorney general. Yes. I think it might have been Michael, not Bernard, who said he did. Yes, lobbying. Yeah, yep. that. Um, you can become collateral damage in, right. in, in, in the bigger chess moves that are going on. He absolutely did. And so, but the piece for me is sort of... <laughs> they, that's right, all of the panels blur in. They, they, really, they really do. And, and we're sort of talking at this sort of high-level blue sky thinking stuff because that's where Matt and I um, are naturally drawn to. But I think the piece that connected in for me a lot was, you know, one of the discussions there, again, was our connection to agriculture mm. and the themes around agritourism, agriculture, celebrating and really working more closely with our raw ingredients that go into beer. Quite frankly, um, again, as as Bernard Salt pointed out, uh, and as a, a number of um, small breweries pointed out, shout out to Mike at Buller Creek, who um, both Matt and I have. Oh, I've a- got a couple of shout outs for people, for listeners who um, approach me. It was so, just so humbling to... Meet people like Mike. Yeah. So Mike was talking about his agritourism, his business at Buller Creek, New South Wales, you know, backing onto a farm, the work that they're doing, the support that they're looking for there. But even things like Starlink are enabling regions yes. to uh, – it was just incredible. It was a really – and I, I, I really want to jump in my car and drive down and have a beer. Um, and, and so uh, that, that's going to be my project before uh, the end of but, the year. But it is really sort of setting the bar for – you know, a level of sophistication in business and thinking around uh, around the industry and just these little examples. And I, I just um, I just think there's so much out there to be proud of. Mm. You know, there's so much that our industry should be proud of. It's just a bit shit that those things aren't um, leading the news hour. The things that mainstream media like to lead the news hour with are the... Are the the bad stories around alcohol and in particular beer. but I don't think that's – you look at how much positive coverage brewing gets. Um, it's true. In, in so that's many true. ways. But we never let that momentum build because it's constantly being beset by um, some of the worst you – know, little cases of worst that get magnified out of the industry but become representative of the industry. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where you know we all have a responsibility to – you know, try and think of the broader industry. Well, and call out other people mm. who are doing a bad job, right? Like self-police, like we're in this together now and we're at a level of maturity where we can talk and chew gum. You can say, you're still my mates and I still want to have a beer with you on Friday. But that thing there, mm, I don't think that that's the right level. Mm. That those two things, you know, we're grown-ups. So I think, I, I, and the last thing I just wanted to touch on was um, a lot of the feedback, you know, we're talking about this blue sky stuff, there's all of these other themes, but um, a lot of the feedback from attendees was that they really enjoyed the technical presentations. So um, again, just for folks who were thinking, um, who were coming at it or, or thinking about different topics to us, those presentations will be available through the IBA um, and, and there is such a wealth of resource in there. And Matt and I sometimes forget that 
because we've thought it, it talked about things many times. <laughs> Everybody else hasn't because you're working in your business, yeah. it's not on the business. And and so again, just encourage you to look at those technical presentations as well because there was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, speaking of things the industry can be proud of, the Indies last night, huge. Oh. Look at. Anyone who was there um, will probably be talking about the noise and, you know, the, some of the sort of challenges of a lot of people in a small room, particularly a lot of people who have had a few beers and are on a high. Um, and who haven't seen each other as a collective Haven't for seen each other. Years. And I really hope that it's the energy and the positivity in the room at the Indies that is what people carry away, not yeah. that, you know, the, the first event after a long break um, – maybe had some things that could be improved um, because it was great people celebrating great people. And speaking of which, you know, Dollar Bill, uh, the, the things that I want to um, draw out of it, Dollar Bill to repeat champion beer with a different beer um, at the AIBAs. Um, you know, I'm starting, I've started to refer to Grand Slams, you know, like yeah. the Wimbledon, Australian Open, US Open. Yep. And, you know, for them, for them to win champion beer twice in the one year, that's Grand Slam um, worthy. And the other one, um, you know, Moffat Beach is another, um, you know, three years in a row they have won their category. Oh, no, four years in a row at the Indies because they were, were brew pub, then three years as medium brewery. Three years in a row at the AIBAs and three years at the Queensland Beer Awards. That's, I mean, that's a triple Grand Slam um, as far as I'm concerned. Um those two results alone are truly extraordinary. And with different beers and, and including a whole lot of champion beer um, uh, for, for Moffat, but in different categories. Yeah. So they're winning gold multiple times, but then different beers are the ones that are topping the... Um, yeah, and package and draft, right? So it's yeah. that consistency of, of quality. But those two results... Are- I'm going to throw one more in for you as well. Um Champion Large Brewery, Brick Lane. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, they were next off my because they were next cab off my rank. I, I, I think winning across multiple um, competitions at that level is just so hard to, to, to win. And that's also where Brick Lane comes in. I can't remember. Like They won some extraordinary number of gold medals. At, seven gold medals. Oh, at the AIBAs. And then seven of nine beers they entered last night, won gold, and they won the champion. Um, and then also, I suspect that a lot of the contract brewed beers that won gold medals also came out of Brick Lane. So it was really a celebration of consistent excellence as we talked about after the um, AIBAs and the judges that I've spoken to have just talked about the incredible standard of beers that they were judging. It's, uh, 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 yeah, it's so hard to, as someone who's worked on these blind competitions before, it, it really is the beer standing on its own apart from uh, any branding, any market hype. There's no sort of preconceived notion of what you're getting other than the style description on a piece of paper. It is the beer standing on its own. And for Dollar Bill, a little tiny brewery that has fought for years to get its tap room open, to win that consistently out of thousands and thousands and thousands of beers is extraordinary. Like that is just, I, I, I just, like they got up there and I said it last time they won, but it just gives you the shivers. Mm. And yeah, and you know, like I'm, I'm very conscious that we often, 
highlight because of the nature of this podcast some of the challenges and problems but and, and one of those is people who um you know bootstrap themselves in the industry and it's a but to see small people that have really bootstrapped themselves in the industry and had a punt but have created something that is popular and so well regarded you know by so judges well executed. It, it, it's it is what we want the independent craft brewing movement to be even as it professionalizes and grows we love those stories well even you know you know various other things i just wanted to put out the sort of the winds by moffat beach are just truly remarkable and and i just hope that we can find a way to make that really mean something to the consumer because those wins should mean something to the consumer if if everybody in that room is standing there so excited that they might win those awards we know it's meaningful and this mm. is sort of the Australian Cicerone piece but this is we've we've got to educate the consumer we've got to be able to link back to the consumer why these results are so extraordinary and I just wanted to pull out a couple more um so obviously Brick Lane they also won Champion Victoria Brewery which is pretty huge yep. given the number of, of yep. breweries from out of Victoria so that's a big win um, and I also wanted to shout out Filter Brewing, one yes. champion yep. New South Wales. You know, again, for you, you often talk about you know medals of consistency or being there over time. You know, they've been at it a while now, and mm. so to still come out on top, you know, that many years in the process is is a wonderful indictment for their team. Um, and so I just think, you know, we can't list you know, every winner. But, um, yeah, it's just been... Go read the program and go buy, you know. Go um, buy indie beer. Look look for the seal. <laughs> I, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I always... I, I don't... Yeah. I, I've come away as, as somebody who goes, oh, look, I can't champion indie. I, I buy personally, you know. Yeah. As as a industry journalist, you don't want to be too blinkered because it, it's all beer and it's all good but yeah just so exciting to see the quality of beer sorry mate you've just reminded me so it was i think 85 percent of entries medaled, medaled medaled um but i just wanted to give a shout out to justin fox yep. who was the uh chief judge this year um i've had this conversation with a couple of people but justin used to judge the new zealand awards when i first took over them and was really helpful at giving me advice but way back then in 2018 we started talking about what what systems needed to be in place um you know for good for a good judging process and this is sort of the first time justin has um been at the helm and and hopefully next week when ian's back he can sort of give some more insight into that judging process but the feedback on um the the uh, strin- the stringent way in which justin went about ensuring that judges understood what medal what constituted a medal they were very strict on it. So there's 85% medals across the pool. But that's not as a result of the judges being sort of slack. That was as a result of the judges actually saying, this is what meets this. Mm. There were all sorts of prep. And so everyone who has had their beers medaled, because, um, of course, we've only seen the golds last night at Indies, should be extraordinarily proud of themselves. Mm. It's just, I just love it. I love all of it. Congratulations to all the winners. 
Um, in other news, now uh, there is news that has come out. I've been following this for a week or so, and I didn't want to cover it during Brucon and bring the tone down. But there has been another administration, um, mm-hmm. and we're still looking into it. But uh, Running with Thieves, the, the the company behind Running with Thieves in uh, Western Australia, has gone into administration. Still looking at what that means for the business, whether it's they're hoping to uh, do an easy times and trade out, or and whether it's a restructure, or whether it's an end of the business. Um, so we'll be looking into that. Um, in positive partnerships, Crymalt and Voyager um, have announced a, a, a partnership to uh, malt uh, a, a malt that previously wasn't available in Australia locally. Again, going back to Bernard Salt manufacturing and local um, agriculture, yep. um, w- which is great. Crymalt and Froth Technologies, which is a yeast, uh, a liquid yeast um, producer, um, we're, we're seeing. You know, I, I don't know whether this counts as industry consolidation, yeah. Um, yeah. but it is businesses looking at working together and we are going to see the major suppliers get bigger, I, I would imagine. Yeah. I think there's definitely been this sort of um, uh, in in a market where distribution is key for a lot of these um, smaller suppliers, having access to the dis- those distribution channels, like when craft brewers try to you know range nationally, is is I'm sure what drives some of these partnerships. It's a huge opportunity for the bigger businesses, um, and and I, I agree with you, Matt. I think we're going to see more of that, um, and hopefully that doesn't mean. Uh, consolidation and pricing challenges for smaller producers Um, but for the smaller sort of ingredient suppliers or inputs I suppose um, it seems like a pretty you know it seems like a natural fit and as you say I think we're going to see sort of more of those sorts of things. Uh, in other news, the local tap house has announced it is opening a new venue in the Qantas domestic terminal at Melbourne Airport in October. Um, they're saying that it's similar to the original European-style pub in St Kilda East. Actually, a nice little media releases are often filled with adjectives and hyperbole. Um, this one just says it's influential craft beer pub, and I think it's one of the most apt um, adjectives that immediately have because the tap house local tap house has been incredibly influential um, in in pubs um, but it's very nice to see that they've that they're they're, they're coming and they're partnering with um, Delaware North that is a company that anyone who knows hotel uh, um, airport hospitality Delaware North run a lot of those interesting thing was it wasn't another stomping ground brewery um yep. at, but having spoken very briefly to uh, Justin Joyner it sounds like they didn't want to be limited to just the one range of beers it mm-hmm. was you know, they they wanted something different and because the same company behind stomping ground and tap house had the partnership with Delaware North it's just they had the skills to take um to it and the tap house was the right um model for it so you know, it's it, it, it's been twenty years coming. It always used to be one of my great gripes in the early days of craft beer, um, and and writing about it. You go to the airport and you couldn't get a good local beer. Um, you couldn't get. You know, there was still the international uh, macro lagers. We are starting to see airports finally catch up and provide a local experience. It's such a. I just think it's so important. Um, Last weekend in New Zealand, Bivana was on and you arrive into Wellington 
airport during Bivana and there's already a couple of bars, mm. uh, uh, local breweries, but they put on a specific Bivana bar. There are flags oh, wow. everywhere. Okay. You can't miss it, right? And they are showcasing Wellington as New Zealand's craft beer capital. And it creates a tourism opportunity. Every, you, you get off the plane, maybe you're waiting, you're delayed, you try something and you go, oh, God, I'd love to go visit that brewery. Mm. And so um, f- having these, you know, stomping ground um, at, in the airport already we know has been incredibly popular. And so having something here that showcases a number of Victorian, one could assume, that then enables um, people to say, I really liked that beer, maybe I'll go visit the venue. We're starting to create that case in sophisticated ways around beer tourism. And every one of these layers helps us to make the case around manufacturing ag lifestyle tourism in every community every layer and 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 raising the flag and saying here are indie brewers here are breweries you can visit in melbourne to international visitors is just you know it's great and on that note sunshine coast who we've who has named itself australia's craft beer capital um you know roll your eyes if you want but they sent a contingent of their yep. brewers over to represent, including Josh Donahoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours and his uh, um, general food tourism business, Powerhouse on the Sunshine Coast. But the power, the, the the Sunshine Coast is backing its local industry as a driver for inbound tourism and has identified New Zealand. They've run ads. They've had. They've hosted journalists from New Zealand to get. New Zealand beer drinkers to the Sunshine Coast, and yep. then they're backing their local industry, um, which is is awesome and, and and exciting. And again, you know, this is potentially controversial, but for all of the, that we talk about governments supporting the industry, I think governments are often spectacularly bad at picking winners oh, in yeah. terms of individual going. I'm going to do this for this one brewery which disadvantages all of the other breweries for one but then they also have very bad metrics against which ones that they choose to anoint this level of industry high industry support where you're creating an environment that the best rise to the top anyway but they have the general assistance and you know providing good business conditions for breweries to operate in um, is the way to do it. And tourism is one of those things where you promote the entire region and then successful breweries. Breweries can successfully play into that broader tourism campaign. And the only thing that I would add on that, um, and you can listen to uh, behind the IBA paywall, my spectacular 20-minute chat with clusters, but um, in a in a West Sydney, you know, they're working on um, doing a bunch of things around tourism. Southwest Brewers Alliance that you guys um, who are regular listeners will have heard in WA. But um, the opportunities to get that support from government only exist at the level they do if the breweries are all working together as a collective and and are collectively sort of pushing together and and um andrew finneran made this great example that what what the inner west are currently looking at they realized that because they're an association representing a number of businesses um the under other individual businesses that are going to be 
are pitching for grant money or support money to help with tourism and precinct setups, etc., are so woefully behind where the craft breweries are mm. at. They had to get together for a completely different reason, and now they're over here um, and and may be able to benefit from working together. So I think again, you know, it's just this this reoccurring theme of um, of opportunity. If we act as a collective, mm. and not saying it's easy. <laughs> saying, oh no, no, and not well, saying it's quick. None of this is hard, but the no. ideas are yep. strong. The ideas are strong, and so sort of looping it back to the local tap house. If this can wave the flag and say we've got these beautiful drink products, tell some of the stories, give some of the access. Yeah, maybe people have some people have got twenty minutes to drink their beer in between flights or five minutes, and other people are trying to kill two hours. <laughs> you know that there is an opportunity to engage with maybe non-traditional beer drinkers in a place um, and tell the story of craft beer. So, and love it. Speaking of that, um, I've mentioned I came out of nine days at the Brisbane Exhibition, something that uh, Pete and I started 10 years ago um, and it's continuing. And again, it is clearly... Bruise News listeners know about it because I had a lot of Bruise News listeners come up um, knowing, and I hadn't really promoted or anything like that but I had a lot and uh, I'd even like to give a shout out to Josh Boyle um, who is a listener from Nantes in uh, France um, an Australian who's who's over there and uh, opening a brewery a barrel hall um, wow. so I'm gonna have to make a, a trip over there oh, at some stage rough, um, but he, he, he came by so shout out to Josh but you know 10 years ago no craft breweries wanted to be at the Brisbane Exhibition because they didn't see it as a craft beer place. And you know, my view was always, this is where craft beer should be because agricultural shows in the major capital cities are huge cross-sections of society. They're not a beer festival. They're not a, you know, they're, they're not a lifestyle food. It is everyone. And from people coming up and going, oh, is this homebrew, mate? We're now people coming up and go, oh, you've got a brewed IPA or what sour have you got? And the general cut through, but then even for people who clearly don't know, we just have shingles that they can stand back and look and you can see the the confused look on their face where they don't recognise any of the small craft breweries that we have. Um, and when you engage them to come in and ask them and you say, oh, you know, what are you after? If you don't know any, we'll taste you through them. Oh, I like a pale ale. Um, and quite often that just means 150 lashes. You know, that's the pale ale that they know, and there's a huge spectrum in pale ale. Yeah. Or um, people come in and go, oh, what do you recommend? And you say, well, it doesn't matter what I recommend. It's what do you normally drink? And Great Northern is still the benchmark for a whole lot of people. And, they, you know, what have you got that tastes like Great Northern? And these days, um, you know, if you've got a Japanese lager from uh, Heads of Noosa or a crisp lager from... Uh, felons, or you've got the uh, a great lager from Scarborough, um, or you've got the Chaveza from Easy Times, which were four of the beers that we poured across the the, the the nine days. That was a great starting point, and it was an intro to people who maybe drink one thing but will try another. And the level of open, it, 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 the market has changed fundamentally in the ten years that we've just been doing that one installation, yeah. and it's so exciting to see people open to it. I don't know. They're, they're educated about the idea of craft beer, if not the detail of it. Um, and pale ale is one thing. It's not, you know, like a you know, yeah. huge spectrum of colours yeah. under, under the one name. And there's still a lot of... But then again, most people just go, oh, look, I like a white wine. Yeah. As exactly. if all white wines are the same. 
Yeah. And but we are making inroads and people are open to it and they want to engage was my takeaway from that. The other takeaway from it, I had my own little run in with ABAC. Um, or no, not not run in with ABAC. I was literally I was hoping you would say this because this is my segue today. I had my oh shit moment. Um where one of the things that's synonymous with the exhibition is the strawberry ice cream cone. Um, and it's there stands dotted around the place where they sell strawberry ice cream cones and all the proceeds go to a charity called The Common Good. During the COVID, ECHA shut down, their major funding source went away. Stonerwood stepped in and made a strawberry sour that they sold in the venue to Just help raise funds. For Once, The Common Good, yeah. yeah. Once COVID came back, they kept making it and we put that on um, the, the stand. This year, because it's become an institution, Stonewood was prepared, they had a tap decal that just said, Strawberry Sunday, you know, little building of ice down the bottom. And, you know, I've, I've consulted on it and a lot of people said, look, I think you're being a little bit too worried about this. But my fear was we're serving this in not on a it's a licensed venue, but it's a licensed venue that's open to families. So children can see it. And if you've got something that says Strawberry Sunday, solo, you know, hard solo. Yeah, yeah, it's something yeah. that they, they know. So I was to wake up to a group and go, oh shit, you know, this might be appropriate for a venue yep. that only adults can go to, but we are serving this in a public with with families, which I think is where beer should be. Um, it shouldn't be in a caged area where only people that want to uh, don't have children can go. Um, so you know, I did a little handwritten sign that just made sure it said, "This is strawberry sour beer." It, it's all of this, but it showed me a how easy it is. And as, as Michael Avart said, your intent doesn't matter. We yep. weren't intending to market this towards children. It was to say to adults, "Here is a beer that can." enhanced your ecker experience just like your kids have a strawberry sour was the intent but when you are in a open area you need to be mindful that it's not what you it's not what you put out there it's what message is received and by whom and it was like so it was you know like i I actually told to michael michael should i actually report myself you know (laughs) well hey matt if you um if our listeners have their own oh shit moment because they realize they've designed the wrong label um, do you think there's anyone that they might be able to call to help them um, address their labelling issues? 1-800-OH-SHIT <laughs> will take you to Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging. Um, and if it, it – it actually doesn't. Listen, um, people um, we are going to take me um, – Paul and Brad, uh, shout out to them. I got a really great photo, Matt. Um, listeners will see it on our socials soon of Derek from Bluestone Yeast. Paul and uh, Paul and Brad at Rallings. The um, gathering of the tribes. The gathering of the tribes. And so um, the team at Rallings were really excited to see all of their customers um, at BrewCon and they can supply you with... Um, they can bottle- get dig you out of a hole quickly, <laughs> efficiently and with smiles on their faces. And uh, if you find yourself in a hole that you need them, give... Paul and Brad and the team are called on 1300 852 235 to discuss your oh shit options. Um, and I should say, big shout out to a couple of the industry suppliers, but one of which was Paul um, and then also um, PK from Beer 30, who actually stewarded the yep. Indies. So actually gave up, you know, volunteered their time to, um, to support like anybody else who has to go through the process, the back office of Indies. And I just thought that was a really 
That's a meaningful commitment because it makes a real difference to the awards. It takes time. It's actual time and it was so, you know. It's not a shit job but it's not. You know, it, there's it's no glamour work. in it. Yeah, it's work, and but you know, as Paul said, he he found it. You know, you get the opportunity to sit in with the judges, and and he learned a lot from it. But I do think you know, um, there's a lot of showy stuff that goes on in our industry. But for those folks who get involved, sort of in the back end, in their green volunteer shirt, um, and and really get stuck in alongside you. So that's my sort of um, rallings. Rallying's pitch this week, <laughs> and uh, we, we, it was lovely to see uh, Paul and Brad, um, and and also Derek. Uh, and yeah. we will come to Brewery of the Week in just a second. Um, but we've got apologies for not letting everyone know in advance that we weren't going to do a news show last week. I just sort of slipped in a special um, beer as a conversation, knowing that it was just Ecker and bumping in, so it was a little bit crazy. Everyone was tied up um, with judging. We should have let you know. Apologies for that. Um, but there was a, a beer as a conversation with James Phillips, another one from uh, CGA by Nielsen, just looking at some of the data. And this was one that we specifically sought out because of the conference program that Sabrina had yep. seen about hotels. hotels. So we dug a little bit deeper into that and made it relevant to uh, brew pubs uh, and, and breweries. The other one was an interesting one. had a lot of interesting comments from Fermentum. Um so we've been watching and waiting to see what happens with Lions restructure yep. um, as they've closed a number of venues. Clearly there was stuff going on in the background. Stone and Wood had uh, was gradually trickling out the changes to the pre-announced plans about the, 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 the brewery. But in big news, Fermentum is now the overarching brand for Lions craft beer brand. So Little World Beverages which came out of Little Creatures, yeah. which was the vehicle that was buying international acquisitions, international acquisitions and everything yeah. and is now subsumed. So Little Creatures, the OG hop-driven craft brewery in, in Australia, is now subordinate in some ways to Fermentum, mm. um, the, the brewery that it spawned and it initially uh, in, invested in. Um, the interesting thing for me is that Malt Shovel, um, which was the overarching brand, yep. James Squires, they don't know where it sits in the brand. They don't know whether it's craft. They don't know whether it's mainstream. They don't know whether it's premium. It's mm. the foundling or the, the, the unfoundling of the beer world, in, of their portfolio. They don't know what it is. They don't know what to do with it. Um, it's not craft. It's not mainstream. Um, and that came came clear. And then also just, uh, yeah, Lion is trying to find a way forward yeah it's a really interesting i made the observation to you matt that you know for a lot of the sort of um all of the sort of additional associations around drinks there's a lot of them um pink boots drinks association equity and inclusion panel this that and the other um a few years ago you would have seen lion have Lion employees at varying levels had a seat at every one of those tables. Mm. They would be everywhere. You know, um, we obviously had Andy Skade heading up um, the WA and it was always because in the big breweries, they because there are other teams, they can are often supported to make the additional time to do these sorts of other works. But now you're seeing CUB everywhere, staff yeah. out of a CUB Asahi. Which is just and meanwhile, Lion has a number of the senior craft faces within Lion have the polite way has taken 
taken redundancies um, as opposed to being made redundant. Um, but there is a lot of brewing talent, a lot of skilled craft brewing talent and credibility now lost to the business. Yeah, and so I, I do think there is, you know, if you if you look at that, there's sort of this changing of the guard there for sure. And, um, and it's just going to be, you know, what did um, I think Bob Peace said it, you know, change is the new normal. Mm-hmm. Change is the new normal. Our industry is changing at an exponential rate. And, you know, for small craft, it's what what are the opportunities in that change? But certainly the big structural forces of those two big breweries are, are definitely changing. Um, and, and so what does that mean? And who knows? But it's going to be fascinating. It's an interesting time. So go and listen to those podcasts. Uh, let us know. One of the things I've been trying to encourage people to do is use voice pipe. We'll make sure voice pipe link goes in. Everywhere. Send us a message. Uh, everywhere. So that way your voice can join the conversation rather than just us reading the words out. Um, Brewery of the Week, someone else that we caught up with this week, Derek from Bluestone Yeast. Lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, God, I wish I had two ears at these things. Um, two good ears because <laughs> it is impossible in a noisy room to have conversations with more than one person at once. And I apologize to anybody that... I couldn't finish conversation with it. it's hellish. Um, anyway, we, 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 I might have to do a Kickstarter to get a, a bionic ear um, just so I can do this. But anyway, um, Derek uh, from Bluestone Yeast and Bluestone Yeast can supply pitches of yeast from one litre to 100 litres at greater than 2 billion cells per milliliter. Whether you are after a one-off pitch or you are looking for weekly, fortnightly or monthly deliveries of yeast, Bluestone Yeast has you covered. So Matt, I was talking to someone, Derek was there and they turned around and said, oh yeah, I know you. One milliliter to a hundred liters and two billion <laughs> and they started reciting the line about it, and I thought, okay, yep, good, our work here is done. But that was a lovely little sort of um, intro from one to the other. And if you would like a little bit of the Bruce News effect, give us a call. <laughs> give Sam a call, uh, Sam at bruisenews.com.au. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're plugging. We're plugging Bluestone Yeast, and in fact, Bluestone Yeast is plugging the Brewery of the Week. And one of the ones, we haven't been there, um, but I, I'm willing to uh, nominate this as a Brewery of the Week because the uh, consistent winners of high-level medals, um, including a trophy for Best Specialty Beer last night, and it's Two Bays Brewing. And the thing I love about it is we talk about inclusion in the brewing industry, and gluten is one of the things that excludes people regardless of anything from the brewing industry. And Two Bays has just been such a dynamic force in creating well-crafted, accessible beer for people who would otherwise not be able to do it, but in a way that is high quality as their trophy shows. But then the, the branding everything about them uh and i would bet that their in-venue hospitality is up to so it's going to be on my list next time in melbourne make a special trip down to dramana um on the mornington peninsula to visit i think this is such a great result for two bays um you know it's the number of golds in that um specialty beer the varying styles of beer that were in that specialty beer category for it to have been, you know, judged, tasted again, you, you're not necessarily tasting the beers off against each other, but you're looking for the best example of a particular style to have won this trophy amongst 
you know, the, the other beers in that class was just extraordinary. And I just think, you know, as you say, Matt, um, it's got an offering that is quite distinct from what a lot of other breweries are doing. Um, and we need those kinds of offerings to be able to bring everybody for to beer, to, to have a beer for all occasions, mm. for all people. Yep. We need to have this as part of our stable and they are doing it in, in a really um, sophisticated way. And I just thought it was such a lovely outcome last night. And, and another lovely outcome, I've just gone, um, as I said, caught up with a lot of people. And if I don't name check you, I'm really sorry. It was a bit of a blur. But last night, as I was uh, crossing the room, I was nabbed by uh, Andrew and Hayley Drayton. Um, and they're from Ironbark Hill um, Brewing. And they said that they'd listened um, and it was a shout out to you as well. They, they, they'd listened to us on the drive up and hopefully they're going to be listening to this uh, on, on the way back. And it was just, you know, like I, I get a little bit teary actually because they were just so excited to come up and say hi and we had a lovely chat. They won a couple of gold medals um, last night. So they were cock-a-hoop um, and I'll, I'll, Black Forest Stout. They won a gold medal and then they won uh, a swag of silver medals as well. Um, and... It was just so lovely. I'm a little bit teary. Just sort of, they, they were just so. It was just so nice to to talk and have people come up who listen because we sit here in a hotel room the morning after and talk, um, and we would have the same conversations, mic on or mic yeah, off. Yeah, that's right. Um, and to have people who have to listen to this actually feel something from it and share that with you it was just a, a, a real humbling you know, a, moment. It was very that. humbling and a real privilege to get to do this so uh lovely to meet you both um and enjoy have a safe uh, trip home and if there are any other listeners out there who want to get involved or say anything leave us a voice pipe speak pipe um we would love to have your voices tell your stories about what's going on cool in the industry what's made you proud what's been great if you've got any feedback on brewcon or the indies. There are so many other award winners we didn't talk about, but you know, this is really about you know, beer as a conversation. I was and we say, want even though everybody this is... to participate in the conversation. Even though this is Brews News Week, beer is a conversation, and I think uh, you know that's looking at the time. That's a great uh, note to finish on. Thank you, Sabrina. It was lovely Thanks, to actually uh, not do this remotely. It's a shame Ian couldn't be here. We just couldn't make the planet. He is somewhere on the Gold Coast. We couldn't make the planets align, but. Uh, Congratulations to everybody. Congratulations to the Independent Brewers Association yeah. for pulling it together um, after three years. Congratulations to everyone who made it. Um, thank you for just being there and being part of the industry. And, and to uh, all the sponsors and exhibitors that made yes. it possible. You know, the IBA is such a such a tiny team for the level of work that they pull off and it's only made possible um, by all of the folks around them and it was just so evident. Yeah in the last few days so shout out to everyone what a positive vibes is that the name it's of the show positive vibes i think positive so positive vibes so very unlike us, you me <laughs> I, I, yeah i'm not going to tie you with that don't tell me i'm 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 positive yeah well i'm we, bouncy hopefully it's not toxic positive hopefully <laughs> it's substantial positivity <laughs> <laughs> bye matt <laughs>